Yes. The number one food mistake that I see amongst performers has nothing to do with the food itself. It has to do with the way they eat their food. Ready to go learn how to live healthier, wealthier, and wiser as an artist in showbiz? Hey, I'm Lara Bianca Pilcher. I'm crazy about helping artists to live out their creative dreams and nurture themselves at the foundation of their creative career. I'm an artist and actor and showbiz educator with over 20 years in the arts and entertainment industry in London, Australia, and now Atlanta, USA. I'm here to show you how to navigate this topsy-turvy world called showbiz, uncover the secrets of success, unlocking the powerful artist you are. I've done a lot, performed, worked in TV, film, radio, stage, produced, directed, choreographed, acting, singing, voice work, musical theatre, dance company, toured, moved, casting, auditioned, self-tape, teaching, press, critics, branding, marketing, side hustles, and all the hoo-ha, while maintaining a happy marriage with two gorgeous kids. And there will only be real talk here, friends. Think of this podcast as a masterclass in helping you build your creative career, while also learning how to holistically navigate the artist's life. This is the Healthy, Wealthy, Wise Artist Podcast. Body image for performers is huge, and what we eat and our diet has a huge role in affecting the way that we view ourselves and our body image. Food for many performers can feel like a prison. It doesn't feel guilt-free. It's filled with shame and control. There's the clean eating movement, and is it right or wrong? And that person you meet on set that knows everything about nutrition and tells you what to eat and not eat, but just feels like they're very rigid. There's disordered eating, eating disorders, our relationship with food, weight loss, food and nutrition versus optimum performance, optimum appearance and sleep. How do we build a sustainable relationship with food? There's carbs, fats, proteins. What do we and do we not eat? It can feel so confusing. Erratic schedules for performers, multiple jobs, rejection galore, emotional eating. How many calories should we eat if we want to bulk up and build more muscle for that role or that performance or that show? Or how do we include all the foods in our diet without weight gain because we need to fit this bracket for this particular type of performance that we're doing? What does calorie deficit cause? Of course, we know energy deficiency, but it also causes decrease in focus, strength, greater chance of injury, not to mention for many binge eating. And it seems that the advice sometimes works against the reality of what we need as performers, particularly around appearance. Can we eat fun foods sometimes without guilt? We know we need adequacy, balance, variety. Can we have a flexibility approach and not be rigid? Can we break the rules sometimes without it causing a major drama for us? Are carbs better in the morning versus lunch? I know, personally, to bring my own snacks, choose healthy foods on the film set or the craft services table, plan ahead. It can just feel ever-changing and confusing for so many. I know, I've been there. Let's talk to qualified nutritionist who's worked for years with performers, Stephen Murphy. All right. So welcome, Stephen Murphy. I just want to focus, first of all, with you on what the lies are surrounding nutrition today. There's just, it's so confusing. There's so much information. So what would you say are the major lies that people are believing? Yes, I think the first lie is that um, it's expensive, too expensive to be healthy, right? Another lie is that fat makes you fat, 
So eating yeah. foods make you fat. Those are two lies that I find um, are consistent with, with the people I've worked with. That's actually, that gets me because I think I still believe the lie that fat makes you fat. Yes. Why did, when did that change? It used to be like on, you know, the old food pyramid that was at the top and you right. don't eat those ones, right? What happened? Yes, exactly. Well, without going in too far into that, um, um, around the 1990s or so, there was a big low fat craze and, uh, and a, lot, a lot of it was pushing that was, um, was, was low fat diets, low fat foods, you know, they can put higher sugar, they could put higher amounts of sugar in the food and it's cheaper mm. to produce. So that, that came about that way. But the science behind it is really incredible, um, is that you can actually, um, you could eat more fat and it'll stabilize your hormones. And when okay. your hormones are stabilized, then you, you regulate your weight better more naturally. Oh goodness. Yeah. That's like, I'm sure lots of people do know this, but a lot of us don't, particularly if you grew up in the generation yeah. like I did, that told you, don't go near it. That stuff's evil. That stuff's going to make you fat. And I remember it was funny because when I was doing my dance degree, um, everyone would just eat carbs. That was, the, that was what you ate back then. So it was like okay. everyone just ate rice and pasta. And that's, uh, that's what we thought was the right thing to do. And then it completely changed to what it is yes. now with high protein, high protein. And now fats have just started to kind of become accepted again. <laughs> Poor <Yes>. little guys. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And historically fat was a thing. So people would live off the fat of the land. So they didn't have much food. The, the most nutrient dense food is really proteins and, and fats. And they can, they can keep you going for a longer period of time. They also tend to keep your, your brain focused better. So as an artist, you want to be able to remember your lines. You want to be able to remember those dance moves. Uh, and so, so being clear, you know, being clear in the mind is really important. And there are certain types of fats that will help you to get there very quickly, very simply. I don't suppose I could ask you what those are. <laughs> is it avocado? Avocado is a great polyunsaturated fat, but the, the, the most important one to remember, it's very, mm. simple, very easy to, to get from the store is something called MCT or medium chain, chain triglyceride. Don't worry about that. MCT oil comes from coconuts, from coconut uh, oil. They take you. out, it's like a medium chain from it. The good thing about this is that if you have trouble digesting fats, this fat, you're not going to have tr trouble digesting. It gets absorbed very quickly and very easily into the body and becomes fuel almost immediately versus the other fats have to be digested more and processed more. And that's what can, can make you feel a little more sluggish. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people do, particularly in the afternoon. And mm -hmm. I think it's really important for performers. And speaking of which, you yeah. work with performers all the time. Yeah. And you were saying just before I pushed record how much you want to add value to this area because you are with performers, you understand and you love performers who just for one second, just tell us about your heart and, you know, and you're a musician yourself and a singer, an amazing singer. That's correct. So, when I was a yeah. child, I did, I did theater and uh, my mom put me in, um, it was kind of like a Mickey Mouse club type of gig that was going on for two, you know, for, for, for young, young students in a local theater. And uh, I understand artists. I just understand how they work, how they're geared. And I, I have a heart for them. So yeah, I, I, I love to add value to them. I love that so much. I, I really do. So with all of the information that's out there, 
how do we know what to believe? Like, how do we sort yeah. through it, especially when we can just Google something and we don't know if it's true or not? Absolutely. Well, there's two things I think that are important is that we have to under, understand the foundation of what nutrition really is. Not all the bad diets, just what what is actually nutrition? And the second mm. thing is, is that you have to be able to, to, to use your intuition. Everyone has intuition and common sense. And when, when we're free to use those things, right? And then we also just have a, a foundational knowledge of like, what is nutrition historically? What is that? Then we can combine those together and make better choices without all the stress of worrying about this. This article says this, and that article says that. You try things, they work for you, and you can move forward. Things don't work for you, you you know, you toss them aside. It should be so that. would you say, is everybody different? Is everybody's body different and their needs? And so there isn't one size fits all, right? Absolutely. For diets, that is absolutely true. Everyone's a little different. Um, genetically, they're um, a little different as well. Um, so it's not just your shape or size, it's your genetics. However, there is, there across the board, we all need the baseline nutrients, baseline nutrition. They're called essential nutrients. It means um, every mammal or every um, human specifically needs uh, these certain, these specific nutrients. So you have your vitamins, minerals, um, fats, um, um, and proteins. And then carbohydrates are important too for other reasons, but you can technically live without them. Your body can That's, make Oh, there you go. I like hearing that. <laughs> you can live without them, but it's important to have them. It's important to have them because they're important for your the good bacteria that's in your body. And so they're important too. Mm, okay, so we can't we can't completely ignore them, but then I think we get confused because there's breads and there's pastas, and that's what we kind of go, oh, that's that's your carbs. But then complex carbohydrates is different, right? Mm, and yeah. not that I'm wanting a, you to have to recite a PhD right now, but <laughs> but complex carbs is it true that they are in fruits and other sources that maybe we're not aware of? That's that's correct. So when you think of a complex carb, it's going to be like a vegetable, for example. Okay. Yeah, and, and so what makes a complex carb complex is that it's not simple. That's so, interesting. <laughs> simple carbs and complex carbs. So a complex carb means that it's going to give you more of a long-term energy. From mm. eating. Is this the GI thing that we hear about? Low yes. and high GI. It's yeah. Fiber in it. So mm -hmm. it's when you think of carbohydrate, I want you to think of sugars. Okay, okay, you're consuming sugar. When you consume consume sugar, you get a quick spike of energy, and then you crash. When you consume a complex carb, you're also consuming sh sugars, but you have enough fiber and minerals in that food product, like that vegetable, for example, or that sweet potato, mm -hmm. where it's going that that energy is going to be time released and released slowly over a period of time in the digestive tract. It's going to be absorbed more slowly. That's what makes a complex carb healthier for you than eating like a refined, refined um, bread products, which that are makes sense. More quickly, yeah, you know, more quickly into sugar in your body. Do you think the white, good old white potato has got a bad rap, or is it like stick to sweet potato? <laughs> of course, French fries. We don't do. That's not not what we're talking about. But good old yeah, baked that's potato. A good you know. Yeah. Um, so so typically, a sweet potato is, potato is going to be better for you because it has more minerals in it. That's correct. Mm. But white potatoes can be eaten if they're eaten with something else. So you don't just want to eat them by themselves. 
So like adding a protein, is that what you mean? Or add protein, that's correct. Yeah, you can add mm, a protein to it or something okay. else as well. So we don't yeah. need to throw it out because I wouldn't th- have thought it on its own is particularly a high calorie food, which is probably yeah. not the way that most people think in terms of um, eating them. <laughs> they think, oh, no, don't eat those. They're a carb. But I can't see how you can put the sweet little potato next to processed bread and pasta and rice and, and call yeah. it the same thing because it's right. still a vegetable, right? Yeah, and you you limit you just limit your intake of it. So if I'm having potatoes every single day, you know, we know that the the Irish used to live off of them at a certain point when they had the famine. So they are nutritious. The skins are very nutritious. So long as you don't um, you don't want to eat the skins if they're baked. If they're broiled, that's fine. If they're boiled or broiled um, um, or stewed, but you don't want to eat them if they're baked because it produces a chemical in that skin. So you could take the skin off, eat the inside in that case. My goodness. This is why people study nutrition because it's like this is all kinds of information that I just wasn't aware of. What food mistakes are common with performers? Because you see them all day, every day, all around you, and you see what they eat. And I know you're not a judgy person, but what would you say is not serving performers well that you see a lot of? Yes. The number one food mistake that I see amongst performers has nothing to do with the food itself. It has to do with the way they eat their food. Oh my goodness. Yes. All right. Do tell Stephen. <laughs> yes. So, you know, when you're a performer, you're on the go, you know, you only got a few minutes until your next cut or your next um, performance or practice or whatever it is that you're doing. And so what I notice with performers is that they'll eat really fast and push it all down and then go on to the next thing. And, and our bodies just do not love that. Our bodies want to be taken care of. Our bodies are like a baby. They want feed me, you know, just like take time with me, you know. So, uh, so, so performers need to slow down, slow down their, take some time to eat, slow down their chewing. What that does is it gets your body in a, a mode that's ready to eat and you, know, you digest your food better. Um, I've had people do this and they've, they've lost weight just by doing this one thing alone, taking time to slow down and chew their food and enjoy it. That is, that's actually not a hard weight loss tip. I like that one of all the ones out there. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. It's not something I would have thought um, about. I would have thought you something that we were eating, but you're saying that generally performers are eating too fast. They're eating too fast on the go. And it's okay to eat a small, you know, a handful of nuts in between meals and whatnot but you want to take that time even if it's just like two minutes chew that slowly or chew that enough masticate that enough so that you're you, it's not so hard on the digestive system you'll notice your energy levels will, will increase and over a longer period of time if if, if um if weight loss is a problem and the person wants to lose lose weight um they'll actually tend to lose some pounds cut off up to 10 pounds just by doing that that's so interesting because so in our modern world, so many of us are eating stressed and eating with like, you know, probably there's more to it than my level of knowledge yeah. around the cortisol and all of that. We kind of tend to be pumped up on adrenaline all the time. Yeah. Got to get this done. Got to get to this next place. Got this thing at this time. I've got to throw this food down. It's not a priority to sit and enjoy a meal around a family table as much as it used to be. Mm-hmm. So that just tells me, wow, we're really doing ourselves a disservice, aren't we? With oh, that? It's, so, it's so true. You know, and we have this, this, you talked about cortisol, we had this daytime hormone, you know, we had the nighttime hormone melatonin, and we had the daytime hormone cortisol. And that day, that daytime hormone um, 
is you, you need enough protein to keep that daytime hormone um, um, going in your body, producing in your body so that you don't get fatigued. Um, and so that that's important in the morning when, when you, the first thing that you do when you wake up within that first hour is you want to have something with protein in it. Protein in the morning. So we're talking, are we talking about eggs or is our Western diet just not really cutting it in terms of proteins in the morning? Eggs are a great, a great source, unless, you know, unless you're allergic to them or you're sensitive to them. Um, um, egg, pasture-raised eggs or raised eggs from pasture-raised hens are a fantastic option for protein. They're complete protein. That's actually good to know. And would you say if you're just doing like the leaner diets like egg white, is it the same or is it the yolk that we need? You need both because um, you need the fat and the protein. So you imagine the egg whites and then the the the, the yolks. They're, one is more um, is more uh, has more protein in it. The egg whites and the yolks have more fat in them. But that fat's going to be important for this your your hormones. So you actually need both, as well as the eggs for building muscle and whatnot. So Stephen, particularly dancers, actors, but really all performers and artists, are there foods that we should avoid? Of course there are. You know, of course, we all know we should avoid fast food, but you know, we still do it because we're on the go. Uh, <laughs> but you know, the, the foods that we should be avoiding are, are foods that, that have chemicals in them. And for this, for this reason, so, hydro, so we have the hydrogenated fats that have been altered. They've been altered so that they're they stay on that they can stay on the shelf for a longer period of time. You see, when we put those fats into our bar, body, Lara, it, um, it those fats are hard to get rid of. You see, and then when we put um, foods that have pesticides on them into our body, it disrupts the um, the ecosystem of our intestine, which and our intestines are about seventy percent of our immune system, and that affects affects our entire health, weight. Um, our, our brain function, everything. So when we talk about eating clean, um, what we're really talking about is, is is trying to stay away as much as possible from foods that are genetically modified, or if you or eating foods that have been sprayed with pesticides to to use a vegetable wash to get those those off. That's really 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 important. Um, that that's what I've seen. Yeah. You said vegetable wash. I've never heard of that. What is a vegetable wash? <laughs> yeah, it's a vegetable wash. It's just a, it's a, a formula of, of vinegar and natural natural um, substances that help to break break away those pesticides um, that can still be on on the fruit. So it's not enough to just rinse off your vegetables if they have pesticides on them. This is why I would recommend for someone to eat organic if they can, or at least non genetically modified where um, gen- genetically modified foods um, have a pesticide built in, genetically built into the food, and so you can't get around that. Um, so that's the problem with with those foods. Now, Trader Joe's, if there's a Trader Joe's wherever you live, um, they don't sell genetically modified foods at all. And so that's a really easy place to go to because you know, you're not having to look at every single label and worry about um, um, what you're eating. I love Trader Joe's and I only just started experiencing it a year and a half ago. And um, is Sprouts, would, are they similar or are they just farmer direct? Would they be in the US? Yeah, yeah. They, they have a lot of great products there. Um, 
I do like Trader Joe's better because that's like their policy. I'm not sure what Sprout's policy uh, is got you. with yeah. that. Yeah. And they tend mm. to be, the prices tend to be more even at mm-hmm. Trader Joe's as well. So you're going to, they don't uh, price gouge there. Yeah. So they, they try to keep their prices as even as possible. And I know for my Australian listeners that health food stores are more common and getting products, uh, you yeah. know, it's quite, it's quite easy in Australia. They really love healthy lifestyle. So that's, that's not oh, challenging. Wonderful. And UK listeners, um, I used to go to all the major stores, so I wasn't going to any health food stores, but I know that they have plenty around. So you'll have to tell me, get on my Instagram and tell me where yes. in the UK you can go so I can let other people know to get food that you just know is safer for you. That would be fantastic. All right. So yes. I've got another question that I forgot to ask you. Um, what does a nutritionist do? Because I used to be a little bit arrogant thinking, I know so much about food, but what you're ju- what you've just shared with me, I'm like, I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> so what does a nutritionist and you also you said you yeah. were also a coach for what was that yeah, functional medicine functional, functional medicine, medicine coach okay so you must tell yeah. the listeners what what is that and why it yeah because I'm really starting to value it in a way that I didn't really understand and I'm sure there's many others that that do as well yes and so um, what a functional medicine practitioner is or physician is uh, they have their own practice. So whether they're a medical doctor or whatever type of physician they are, they've also learned functional medicine. What that means is they, they try to get to the root cause of the problem versus uh, a mask, mask the problem or numb the symptoms of a problem. So that's what I do as well is, um, is I've, I've actually been certified. I took the practitioner training, but I just decided to be a coach instead. It's a little easier that way. Uh, and so I recommend people in their own hometown to Google search um, functional medicine practitioners. And, and those are people, those are um, professionals that can really help you to find out what's really happening in my body. What's, what's really happening in my blood. I want to heal myself. I don't just want to mask the symptoms. That's so important because so much is happening around numbing things rather than actually dealing with sticking a prescription on it rather than dealing with the source. So I really love that's very valuable information. Absolutely. Yeah. So so when we think of, of um, a nutritionist, sometimes we're thinking of a dietitian. And uh, this is the most common thing that we get confused with. A dietitian's main job is to help people um, put their meals together. To count calories, they they're um, they focus on macronutrients, which means your proteins, your carbs, and your fats. They usually leave out. Uh, now they're starting to incorporate this in the diet, dietetics world, but they usually leave out the importance of micronutrients, which are your your vitamins and your minerals that help that help everything to to run in your body. Okay, so what a nutritionist does is they really focus on um, on specific nutrients to help the body heal or to help the body perform um, in, a, in a certain way. So not just not just cal- calorically speaking. So, you know, so brain function or neurological function or hormonal function. So a nutritionist can actually go deeper into that realm and say, okay, these nutrients are going to support your mucous membranes so that your eyes aren't, aren't always irritated or your lungs aren't always dry. Or <laughs> you That's see? so important, I think, for yeah. artists because performers might be like, I always have a dry mouth. What can I do? Or um, I'm foggy at this time of the day or I'm trying to lose weight but I have no energy and or it's not working. And it's kind of like not just about a diet. It's actually about looking at the – I love what you said earlier, by the way, yeah. the ecosystem you said in the intestine. 
and the immune yeah. system being there. And man, this stuff is so important. It's like literally life and death, isn't it? Over a, uh, you know, sustaining us over a long life and a long career for that matter. You know, it really, really is. And I've seen people turn turn around 180 degrees, turn around just by resetting their digestive tract. So healing that digestive tract and allowing that that tract to become a flourishing ecosystem of good bacteria um, to where the food they're eating is actually, they're already spending money on, is actually get, getting absorbed and broken down properly. Performers generally are very fixated on what they look like, therefore diet-related, mm-hmm. but not, not focusing on um, nutrition as much. And that's not everybody. Yeah. I know that. But it, the reality is it costs money to access the information that we've just given a lot of people for free. So thank yes. you so much. <laughs> oh, yeah, I wish you know, sometimes that, that the two fields, and we're seeing this more and more now, that um, those two fields, that dietetics and nutrition can actually marry. And so now we're starting to see um, uh, that, that dietitians can get a certification on top of what they do where, where it's nutrition as well. And that, that will help to that will really, really help their patients and their clients so much to get have a broader understanding and a foundation for what health really is. It's, it's the inside out versus the outside in. What you're saying actually makes me think, as we're looking to find, and I know your books are full, which is great um, for you, but as people are looking to, to work on this area, they should look for somebody who's a nutritionist, yeah. maybe as well as a dietitian, so that Absolutely. those things, they can find a program that's right for them personally. Yeah, a nutritional therapist, um, even a, like a health coach can be beneficial as well because they're going to help walk them through that. Um, that would be really good. Even a holistic nutritionist um, can go really well alongside it if you already have a, like a dietitian to also have a holistic nutritionist alongside because they can complement each other. It's not that they're against each other necessarily. It's that they can actually complement each other and help you to get um, the results that you really need. I love that. And so be careful because there's coaches out there with the name coach. You can have a coach name and not be certified in anything or trained in anything, just good at things. So I'm just saying, listeners, make sure that they have the right qualifications. So we're talking about nutritionist, dietitian, together and what Stephen said. <laughs> yeah, look for certification. Yeah. yeah. So they should have a cert- be certified by by an organization or institution. Oh my goodness. You, yeah. you just know so much. Um this is an interesting one. And of course you know my husband well. He did an yes. episode earlier on injury for performers and and all that whole area and that got us talking about inflammation mm. in the body. And that's very closely linked to yeah. diet a lot of the time. Like he'll talk to singers when they're experiencing reflux, which is often diet, not always. One of the areas is what they're eating, the kinds of food that can cause the reflux, which then causes inflammation. And that's a very direct one. But is there any food that dancers and actors and other people should, you know, avoid or inflammation foods versus anti-inflammation foods? Yes, um, absolutely. Well, when it comes to to reflux and that type of inflammation, um, you never want to want to, and it's it's just not hard. Okay, it's really easy. You can have your your Perrier, your you know tonic waters, your soda, you know, not you know sh- low sugar sodas. <laughs> you can have them um, aside from your meal. So when you have um, like a Perrier soda water with your meal then what that does is it slows down your digestion and then you have to pass those proteins into the digestive tract and it causes inflammation. 
I didn't know that. Oh my goodness. So yes, saying don't drink, is it just the, the fizzy ones, just the carbonated or all drinks? So yeah, just the fizzy. So the fizzy drinks with, with the meal, you can have a little bit of liquid with your meal, not a lot, maybe about four ounces or so, but I try to stay and tell my clients to stay, stay under like, you know, six, six to four ounces of, of liquid with a meal because it will inhibit diet and digestion. And that will cause inflammation in the digestive tract. But when it, in regards to um, inflammatory foods, uh, is that you want to eat foods that are not fried. You want to stay away from fried foods, um, and you want to have foods that are 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 the least least processed. If that makes sense, because all those additives contribute to that um, that load in the body, which contributes to inflammation. And so foods to incorporate, though, would be um, you definitely want like blueberries, raspberries. Um, the berries are really great, are great anti-inflammatory um, foods. It's good because I love my berries. <laughs> yeah, really. I really do. And um, generally too, I don't know. I mean, should we still even talk in terms of calories, in terms of weight loss? Because I know they're low calorie. Mm. Or is that not the way to define somebody who's wanting to keep weight down, like particularly for dancers where it's it's part yes. of the, the job. Yeah. Yes. Anyone who has an emotional um, an emotional is- issue with food, I would I would cut cut out the the term calories and trying to get calories because that usually keeps them stuck. It makes mm. them feel even worse. Like they can never achieve what they need. However, you know, there is a science to calories and calories equal energy. So, you know, if you're an athlete you you use that ca- that caloric intake t- to help tell you how much energy you're going to have. However, um, calories carry differently with fat than they do with protein than they do with car- carbohydrates. So, um, what we've been taught a lot is is it's all like you said changing. Some of these things are changing. It's not that they're changing that they always were different, but now we're understanding that. So your that calories are different from carbs than they will be from fat. So it's, yeah. it's not really accurate to do it that way. I know. And I remember years ago, like when I was, uh, I, I mean, I'll tell this story another day in another episode, but I had an eating disorder because I was a dancer, um, did a dance degree and all through high school was in a specialist dance program. Mm. And everybody, I learned very bad patterns of eating at that time. And I, <laughs> I remember it was just all about calories and all about like, avoiding certain foods and it was just very unhealthy and I'd say that it's not particularly in dance I'd say that there is still unfortunately a celebration of the less you eat and the thinner you are and the less you eat uh, that's almost celebrated and it's not Mm -hmm. like that with every art form um actors obviously want to fit a a a certain type musicians from what Andrews told me being one himself and you would know don't tend to be as careful because it's not as much about unless they're a singer-songwriter you know that's going to be different but if you're kind of hiding behind drums or a guitar maybe it's a little bit different (laughs) I don't want to I don't want to say that for everyone but yeah have you found there's a difference with the different artists around you on the daily like with the way they approach food Oh yeah, totally. I would say musicians are more laid back, and and then dancers are very like strategic, and they try to be disciplined. Oftentimes, they just don't know what they need to they need to eat, so they'll have like a high carbohydrate. They'll eat oats and everything carbs in the morning, 
And then by, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning, they're already feeling like they're crashing. And so. So that's really where we get back to what you said earlier is like yeah. protein in the morning. I'm so glad you said that. Is there a time of day we should be having carbs or do we just never have carbs? No, carbs are not evil. They, they, can, be, they can be friendly to us. I like to cycle them. And so, uh, so if I'm going to have carbs, I'm going to have them um, at least three hours before I go to bed. But, but I tend to like, you know, every, every physical body is different. They are geared a little differently. I tend to like having carbs later in the day when I'm done with the bulk, the bulk effort of my work throughout the day, you know, the, 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 um, the hardest part of my work in the day. And so I'll have carbs a little later on. And I like getting most of my fuel from, um, from fat and protein. That's so interesting because I've heard things like don't eat carbs after four. I remember before I got married, I was like under that mindset. And so I never ate carbs after 4 p.m. I don't know why. You look back and you think, what on earth? Um, and then it was like only eat them in the morning. Um, <laughs> so it constantly, it constantly changes. But I like what you're saying. But you're talking more. It's about how we spike up and down. Yeah, and you have, to, you have to feel that out for yourself as well. So that what I do might be different for some from someone else. And so you test it. So you become your own little, little investigator and you test, okay, when I have a bowl of cereal in the morning, I'm not saying that I recommend to eat cereal, but if I have a bowl of cereal in the morning, how do I feel, you know, for the next three, three days doing that? And you'll, and, and the, the uh, an artist will notice if they take note, I recommend for them to keep a notepad with them. Oh, I ate cereal this morning and, and I feel mediocre. I feel so, so this afternoon. I ate cereal the next day. I feel so, so the next day I feel so, so at the same time. Okay. Let's, let's shift it up now. Okay. Let's try a higher protein, higher fat in the morning. Um, how do you feel for the next week? And usually maybe the first day they might not feel so good, but then after a few days of doing it, and I've tried this with many, with many of the, the artists and, uh, and they know, start noticing, Oh, Steven, I have more energy throughout the day. I feel less brain fog throughout the day. And I see that consistently consistently with um especially with dancers mm, i think i need to switch up i'm having bran a lot in the morning i'll either have like a nice lean protein which is around eggs or i'll have bran with berries with an almond oh. milk. and now i'm kind of going oh mm, is that the best choice for me i love it yeah. I, I really do <laughs> but maybe yeah. i should have it for morning snack <laughs> i tell you what it's, it tastes so good carbohydrates taste so great what you can do is a more complex carb um, in the morning. And so what I'm thinking about, like, like bran, bran is pretty good because it still has the bran on it, the wheat, wheat bran. But if I'm, if I'm going to have, uh, like toast in the morning, um, and I'm not going to have anything else with that, you know, I want to have at least, I'm, I want to at least have toast with avocado or toast with something that has higher fat and high and higher amounts of protein in it to kind of balance that out a bit. That's good. That's good. All right. So habits and psychology, speaking around all of this, it's huge. Like, you know, and I've talked to you about this before, but habits, psychology around food, mm. how do we go about habit breaking when it comes to these things around food, our habits, the psychology, when it's not That's serving us? Because you said something to me once when we were driving to a beautiful lake that yeah. helps with breaking habits other than the fact that, you know, we've got routines that become neurological. Yes, is that we have we have to be able to identify. And that's where we have to we have to stop for a moment, and get still, and identify. Okay, I actually have I have physical cravings, 
I have emotional cravings. I have spiritual cravings. I have intellectual cravings. You know, they have different cravings and each cravings have to be put in their spot. They get the, the wires get crossed. So I might have an emotional craving of, um, let's say, wanting to spend time with my wife. OK, but maybe we're really, really busy. OK, so so now let's say I haven't spent a couple of days with her because we've just been on the go the whole time. So now I'm feeling sad, but I don't realize it because I'm just pushing through. And so what do I do to meet that emotional craving is I'll go to the cupboard and I'll get a Snickers bar if I have one. I don't have Snickers bars in my cupboard. You would never have Snickers bars. Just so I, <laughs> never. Realize I'm doing it. But, but I'll, I'll find, my body will find the sweetest thing, you see, and instead of just going, wait a minute, I know that I need to spend time right now with that. And so I'm going to hold off or I'm going to communicate that with the other person. Hey, I, I miss you. Can, you. can we spend five minutes together? I just need a hug right now. It sounds silly, right? But no, I, just, I love it. I love that. Yeah. And then the hug fulfills that that craving, okay? Because um, sometimes those cravings get crossed. Now, there is a real sugar craving. That's different. Where we're, there's, we're addicted. Our, our brain is addicted to the, to the response that happens when we eat, you know, sugars. And that you have to slowly wean yourself off of that. That's something different. But when the wires get crossed... Sometimes we just need to go to the source of the wire. Oh, what's the, what's the real, what's, what am I really craving right now is the question I have to ask myself. Stephen, what am I really needing right now? And then oh, I can either pull so off yeah. and discipline or I can meet that need. That's so good. And it's often not hunger. And I really love what you, you said. Yeah. And just leaning into that further, you talked about if people have a really like addicted to sugar thing, which is very common. Um, yes. You said weaning off that rather than just, I'm cutting it. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I'd like, I'd like all the artists out there, I'd like you to think in terms of salt cravings and sugar cravings. Okay. When you have a sugar craving, you tend to be lacking in fats or proteins. See? Okay. And so you can help to wean yourself off by increasing fat and protein intake. Okay. And then slowly cutting back on sugars until you feel like you don't really need a lot anymore. Okay. When you have a, um, a salt craving, like you want potato chips and I need, you know, this, this types of cravings, you tend to be minerally deficient. So you're deficient in some type of mineral, whether it's magnesium or calcium or, you know, plethora of minerals or trace minerals, um, you're deficient in that area. So you can usually supplement with a mineral type of, of thing. A product. Speaking mm -hmm. of supplements and things, I know that you have some and that you've probably got some hacks for getting our needs met better around mm -hmm. that. So uh, I know people will, I'll put the link in, in the show notes as well about how they can get to some of the resources that you have online. But what sure. would you say around getting our needs met through supplements or hacks around that area? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you definitely want to, you know, your, your primary source of nutrition is always going to be your food. Okay, but the problem is, is that is that you know, plants make their own vitamins, but they don't make their own minerals. And so we, in this country, we tend to be if we're in the United States, at least we tend to be minerally deficient, because um, the soils are sprayed with pesticides. And, and it's, it's the bacteria in the soil that brings the mineral to the plant, and then we eat it. Okay. Um, and so when it comes to, to supplementing, um, I always recommend people, if they're going to get something at the store, 
that you get something that at least has um, a few certifications on it or one, one of a few certifications. Okay. Um, in America, that would be like GMP, good manufacturing practices or NSF or USP. What that means is that those supplements are going to absorb into your body properly, properly. And you're not just paying for supplements that are, are not working. Okay. Um, I do offer supplements online. Um, I have a, I have a, had a practice for, for a while. Um, but now I'm, I'm completely full. <laughs> My clients, I, I'm not taking any new clients. And so um, I would advise people to go online and I offer a, a product called um, Metagenics. It's really what it is. It's just a practice, practitioner-based quality product that physicians would, would offer. Um, that's what that is. Yeah. yeah, and I'll put the link there for people to find that because I'm certainly interested in making sure I'm not wasting my money, for one, but also getting what I need. And one of the things, Stephen, I've noticed since moving to the States and it's been about a year and a half, is that everyone takes melatonin here. Mm. And that's, I've never heard of that. And it seems like it really does help people sleep. Is that a good thing or a bad thing that we're taking melatonin so much yeah. in this country? Yeah. So you want to, you always want to think long-term. So when you're taking um, a product like melatonin, so you're something that your, your body already produces. So the body already produces melatonin. So you want to get, you want to get your, your body to produce that on its, on its own. So this is how you, you do that. Okay. So that, that's, we want to try to, that's the number one thing, try to get your body to produce what you would take from a supplement if it can on its own. The way you do that is by getting to bed earlier <laughs> than you probably are right now. So that's before 10 o'clock. So when the sun goes down, the, um, the, the light goes down. So we need to turn the light down in our homes as well. So you want to use like an amber type of amber types of lights, lighting in the evening. What that will do is that will start to increase your melatonin production naturally. And when you go to bed, you want to make sure that the lights are, are turned off to keep that melatonin amped up. Um, now, in regards to taking melatonin supplements, it's, it's not going to hurt you to take them. But in the long run, in the long run, it's better to get that naturally. So there's this idea and I'm not sure if this is actually proven scientifically yet, but there is this idea that when your body can, can produce it and you're taking it as a supplement, that your body will start will start to produce less of it. So whether that's, that, whether that's 100% proven or not, I'm not sure, but there is this idea in the field that that, that is so. So yeah, you want it. So it's not wrong to take it if you need to, but um, but try to try to produce it on your own. I like that you said that because I just watched on Netflix the Xanax, um, which is not a drug that I'd heard of outside of America, but now that I'm living here, um, mm. there's this Xanax thing in the US, which is an anti-anxiety, yeah. I think maybe anti-depression, but mainly anti-anxiety, like really, really works. But that what they were saying that was interesting is what you just said is that for some people that had been on it long term and their body, you know, when they came off it, they noticed that their body wasn't um, medically producing what it needed anymore at all it's like the, okay. the brain just switched off i don't need it because this drug is actually blocking the use of it entirely or whatever it is i'm probably saying it all wrong but yeah. um i just thought that's an interesting thought around anything that we put into our body is making sure that it's not going to have that effect yeah. and some and sometimes we don't know until it's it's proven and researched right absolutely yeah and there's there's always competing information and there's uh there, there's cases where people can their body does start working again 
You see, the body has the ability to heal itself. So now if you're lacking in melatonin, you can, you can amp that up in certain ways, but naturally speaking by certain foods. But when it comes to sleep at night, which is what we're talking about in, in in the way of melatonin. There's also another hormone called serotonin. It helps to relax you. You're going to get that from dark chocolate. Oh, I say, hello. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just chocolate. got me at the word chocolate. <laughs> yeah, you also have to remember that chocolate. I know, right? <laughs> Everyone, gets, everyone gets excited <laughs> when we talk about chocolate. But chocolate also does have caffeine in it, some caffeine, you know, and it can have sugar in it as well if you're eating it in certain forms. So, so to, to help relax your body, you can you can have a little bit a, a small cube of, of dark chocolate. See, that'll help to relax to relax the body. Also, calcium and magnesium is important, and they go together. But mag, it's magnesium itself that relaxes. Um, uh, calcium is for c- contracting, and and magnesium is for relaxing. So mm. magnesium will help to relax the body, um, and it'll help you to have a better night's sleep. It's natural; your body needs it, and especially if you're a dancer or an athlete. Um, you're going to sweat out magnesium more more often. So you're going to want to replenish those magnesium stores. And I always recommend doing magnesium with vitamin D and calcium and a plethora of other minerals just to help. They work as a family to balance that out in your body. That's that's such good advice. I so appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about, um, you know, what food groups should we focus on the most as performers? Is there an optimum day for a performer? I know it's very individual, but is there particular food groups you say focus on this more Mm. than others, maybe less? And I think we've answered this a little, but just in summary. Yes, absolutely. Um, So so they want to focus on higher protein food groups. So if you're doing um, like a paleo type of diet, you're going to have more chicken and more beef and more and more fish it depends on what's happening in that person's body so as a i'm also a functional medicine health coach as well as a nutritionist and so when someone's dealing with let's say they can't um, they have a gallbladder issue then the amount of fat they can have from some of these higher protein foods will be um they can't digest that so we have to adjust for them that makes sense uh, so, so yeah, so um, you want to focus on higher protein foods. You can go plant-based as well, uh, but you, however, you want to make sure you try to, to eat plant, plant foods that are non-GMO. So that's, um, from plants, you're going to get, um, you can do, you can do beans, you can do legumes, lentils, make sure they're cooked, cooked all the way. Um, lentils are, are, are high in protein, um, you, you want to try to try to stay away from edamame and and soy products if you can, uh, for for the reason that most of those soy products are are GMO, and there is a there is a, f- a fermentation process to soy that makes it healthy for you. And unless that's done properly, like they do in the Asian countries, it makes it it it, it causes you to have more estrogen in your body than you should ha- should. So you want to focus on the protein uh, protein foods, plant based and um an animal animal based i really like that and would you say then because the big thing i hear almost weekly i'm doing keto and i know this is very sensitive so tread carefully but is that a good diet or really not entirely balanced like every diet that's come and gone because i remember there was atkins and blah blah blah. yeah yeah so i love this question um is that so keto was originally it was originally a diet that was created for epileptic patients 
in the early 1900s. And they, they, they got amazing results. The problem is, is that when you go keto, is that you're going to be missing out on a lot of other things in your body. And so I, I'm not against keto. I'm, I'm for it for a period of time. It's usually to get healthy. So it's you do keto because you have an issue with your body, a certain type of issue with your body. And it's not just epilepsy or those types of diseases. But then what you want to do is start incorporating other foods because you need some of these other foods to help balance out the micronutrients that are going through your body. So it's not wrong to do keto, but to stay on keto for several years, it's extremely difficult to do for most. And then they usually end up becoming deficient in other nutrients and then um, even foods that help to, to balance your bacteria load in your body as well. Well, that's a good answer. I really like that answer. And plus the other thing, I mean, it goes without say is that you see now in the stores loads and loads of um, processed keto products that yeah. are like, because keto is kind of the vogue word. And I, I would assume that it's not the greatest choice to go processed over natural sources of keto if you're doing that. Um, I just say this because it's so common. I see it daily. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And then also in um, in a lot of those keto products or keto foods, they'll have something called sugar alcohols that they add to them to make up for the, the loss of carbohydrates there would be in, in a keto product. And those are not wrong to have either. I don't like to demonize anything because, um, well, there are some things that are absolutely not good for you, um, like certain chemicals, chemical foods. Um, but so some of those sugar alcohols can tend to disrupt the digestive system over a period of time. So, you know, you give up one thing for the other. And so it just makes so much more sense to me. And what I've seen is to, to balance things out, just balance things out, you know? I like that. It really is. It just, you just make it sound so much more in, enticing. <laughs> this is the big, this is the sort of money question, <laughs> the big ticket question, yeah. weight and body image around performers. Oh, yeah, psychology yeah. and food and diet, they're all very closely linked. How should we lose or gain in a healthy way? Because this is very common, whether you're losing for a role, you're losing because you're a dancer and you need to look a certain way, yeah. you've got a tour coming up, you want to lose a few pounds, or you have to gain because you need to look bigger for this role. I think of Bridget Jones' diary and what Renee Zellweger had to do, or you need to gain bulk out because you're not booking because you're not quite fitting the muscle ca category or you're not quite fitting the other categories or, you know, whatever it is, um, yeah. you just want to look better in general. How do you do it healthily? Because it's, it seems very difficult to, to actually nail that well. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So this is very difficult for people to do on their own is what I found. It's very, very hard. You know, this really begins with your identity um, and, and being okay with the skin that you're in um, and then loving yourself enough and having enough compassion on yourself to be able to have a plan, a plan of action that's not necessarily perfect, but it's you have to see yourself as if you can imagine, you know, if you if you had a child or a baby, you would love that child and you would take care of that child, right? And you would do what was best for it. You wouldn't over overwork the child or underwork the child. There's a balance there. And so what I always recommend for people with body image is to don't do it on your own, but get a coach or a life coach, or a nutritionist, or a therapist to help help you walk through that because you're going to have really bad days and hard days and really good days, and you're going to need someone to call or someone to talk to 
to help heal um, to help, help help heal the root issues of um, of body image. It goes so much more deep than just the food you're eating. Yeah, that's a really good answer. And it's it's not simple and it's not a one size fits all is what I'm hearing yeah. you say. And I think that's really important because there's so many yeah. do this diet and it might not be what's right for you personally. Gosh, Stephen, thank you so much for your time. I, I, I will put the links that people can find what you recommend um, in terms of supplements into the show notes and on the social media platforms as well. But I feel like, wow, how blessed is your wife to be able to, <laughs> she's one of my besties, Nicola, but like yeah. to be able to have access to this information and I just think, wow. And I, I know people say that for me too because if I have an injury, my injuries. <laughs> A physical therapist who just he can just fix it and I don't have to pay. But I thank you so much because this information is so vital and so interesting. And I don't think I realize the difference between dietitians, nutritionists, and functional medicine coaches. And I I think that what you do is just incredibly vital and what you know is so precious. Thank you, Stephen. Oh, I'm so glad. And it's one, one last thing: keep it simple. Thanks. Use your intuition. And just learn that the, the foundation of nutrition is that you need all the essential nutrients and you build on top of it. That's all I have to say. That's fantastic. <laughs> Thanks, Stephen. Absolutely. Hey, on my Facebook, there is a healthy, wealthy, wise artist group made up of a tribe of artists seeking to live the healthy, wealthy, wise artist life. They ask each other questions and throw around ideas. You can join the Healthy Wealthy Wise Artist Community private Facebook group at Lara Bianca Pilcher on Facebook under groups. Phew, today's masterclass is done. I love reaching back and saying I've done this and helping you learn the easy way. If you want more, head to larabiancapilcher.com for show notes, links, freebies, my blog, coaching and courses. And you can also head to my socials, Lara Bianca Pilcher on Instagram and Facebook. I'm also on Twitter and Pinterest. Thanks again for listening. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That would mean the world to me and I will give you a shout out. And of course, keep on living the healthy, wealthy, wise artist living towards your dream life. Bye, friends. P.S. Shout out to my hottie hubby, Andrew Pilcher, who does all the editing on this podcast. 